Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Ride Podcast. This is the first episode in Season 2, and with Season 2, we are bringing out a whole new change, and with that, we have Nicole, who is going to be co-hosting every single episode now with me. So, Nicole, do you want to kind of jump in and explain the new format to our listeners? Hey, guys. Yeah, so um, before, you guys probably heard me during the roundtable discussions before Michaela would do an interview or read a profile, and we just decided that we wanted this podcast to be a little more personal for us. I know Michaela and I have both discussed that we really like the podcast where we, we get to know the hosts and their lives outside of what we're talking about on the podcast. And we just decided that we wanted to kind of elevate it a little bit. So we're still going to do profiles occasionally. We're going to do interviews with all sorts of really cool people, whether it's horse trainers, non-pros, people just within the horse industry that have really cool stories. Like we just, we just want to talk to people who are living their best Western horse lives. So I think that was kind of the premise between, for season two and how we're going to adjust everything. So going forward, it will be Michaela and myself. With these new changes, we're going to implement some exciting little tidbits at the beginning with some current events. So we're going to start off with our most recent current events. And right now, Nicole and I would normally be in the office recording these podcast episodes. But as of current, we are staring at each other through our computer screens recording this podcast because uh, the state of Colorado has issued a stay at home. So we're both at home following the rules, but it's kind of put a little bit of a damper on our daily lives, but we're still trying to do our best. Yeah, so that's why it might sound like we are both remote because we are. Um, When we decided to start season two at the end of March, uh, obviously coronavirus was not a big issue in the United States yet. So we had chosen the end of March to get started and we want to keep that up. So here we are working remotely and talking to each other via computers. Yeah, but not only is this a weird time for us in the office, but it's also a weird time for just horse show life and horse life in general. But one of the cool things that we've seen going around, I barrel race and we work with other horse trainers like Charlie Cole, who is putting on a virtual horse show. And a lot of the barrel racing producers that I attend races at, they are doing virtual barrel races. So I think that that's something that we should totally talk about. And if you guys aren't involved in them, you need to get involved. They're really cool because you can win awards, cash prizes, all those cool things. Yeah. So um, about a week ago, I I came across this Facebook page and I'm pretty sure it's just called Virtual Horse Show. Um, And all of a sudden, like it, it went from like 70 members to like thousands of people overnight. And what they're doing, Charlie Cole, like you said, he, um, for those that are not familiar with the all around world, he's a pretty well known all around trainer. Um, he's been featured in Horse and Rider a lot. He is a multiple world champion. And then in the barrel racing industry, he also owns a few big barrel racing studs. So he's kind of all over the place, but he is also a judge and he decided to create a virtual horse show. And so he's scoring people on their runs right now. They've just done a horsemanship and a showmanship class, um, but he's marking them as if 
he were there in the show pen. He's creating these patterns. He's even showing the person where they should have their camera person stand while they're doing the pattern so that it's like the same angle for everybody. And then, yeah, it's like 20 bucks to enter and he's giving away cash prizes. And I think he's even gotten some sponsors involved for like gift certificates. And I think we're going to try and do something with horse and rider on demand with them so that we can give away some free video stuff. It's just, it's, it's a great community. Have you checked it out yourself? I haven't checked out Charlie's, but I have entered uh, one of the virtual barrel races. And let me tell you, I was excited when they read the results for like a live feed on Facebook. My little heart was pounding like I was actually at the barrel race. I'm like, oh, am I going to win? Am I going to win a t-shirt or whatever she was giving out? I was so excited just for being able to be involved in something like I would be normally. How did they do the barrel racing? Cause that's obviously a little different than a scored event. Yours is all timing and like, you know, the arenas are different and all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, what actually happened was the producer had to cancel an upcoming race at an arena, but she has a race there every year and has for several, several years. So people who have videos of their runs from that arena, it was only from Topeka, Kansas. You posted your videos on her Facebook page, and it could be from any year. And, of course, the pattern changes, so year to year it was a little different, but it was still the same arena and going off of like that. So it was cool because it was still paid out paid out in awards and barrel bash dollars for the each division of barrel racing. No, that's awesome. Um yeah, I think, and I don't know about the barrel racing group that you're in, but in this virtual horse show, it's insane how positive everybody's been. Like, I see, like, there was a girl who did showmanship with her miniature horse. Somebody even did showmanship with a dog. You know, I guess when Charlie said all breeds, he meant horses, but he should have specified horses only. But it's been really fun, and the community's been really encouraging for like the novice people who are getting out of their comfort zone and posting these videos for strangers to see and you're getting videos from people who have had retired famous show horses that are now 30 and who have been sitting in a pasture and are hairy some are pregnant some you know some are like clearly retired living outside and they're just like yes, look, why not and they're pulling these horses out and they're doing patterns with them so like the other day a girl that I grew up showing with has a really 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 famous all-around horse and his name was what about Bob and he was actually one of the first famous horses I ever sat on like when I was a kid he's now 29 but so that horse has always been really special to me personally but he's a he's a pretty famous name in the all around and she pulled him out to do the showmanship and he looks retired and he's hairy and he has hairy ears and muzzle and you know they live up north so there's lots of snow and he has a very thick winter coat and it was just it was just cool to see though well, that's kind of the same with the barrel racing there's this super famous barrel horse hotshot and i mean he's even been cloned he's so cool but they posted a video of him at topeka many many years ago and Everybody was commenting on the video about how cool it was to see Hotshot and see all of the other horses that had competed there that, you know, they're legends in the sport. And it's just cool to see and reminisce on those old videos. And it's cool to break out your older horses and do shows and whatnot. So 
I think the whole idea is great. And like you said, it's so positive. I posted on Horse and Rider's Facebook page a virtual horse show where you could comment in our Facebook post. And I was worried that some people would be rude because sometimes every now and then we get an occasional wild hair from a person who's just a little rude. And every single person on that post was kind. And it was just so nice to see that for myself because I, of course, was moderating all the comments and liking all of the different posts. So going through and reading all of the encouraging words was a lot of fun for myself. Yeah, and I've noticed too that this is starting to branch out and become a thing with other stuff. Like Charlie has done showmanship and horsemanship, like I said, but I think he's also, he is planning on doing trail. He's planning on doing a ranch riding class. Um, and then also there's like an open division. So like horse trainers are even getting involved in doing like horse trainer horsemanship and like he's doing youth kids, non-pros, you know, like all sorts of levels. Cause it's just so huge. But I also then got an invite to another Facebook group last night for a ranch riding virtual show. So I feel like people are getting inspired from this. And since like we're all quarantined for the time being and, and who knows when things are going to go back to normal. And as you know, humans, we need to take care of each other and stay home and not go to these horse shows until everybody can be safe to go outside and do what, you know, they normally would done. So everybody is like kind of doing their own thing with these virtual horse shows. Um, and I believe APHA also has like virtual horse shows. I think that might've been a thing before coronavirus became what it is here in the United States, but it's obviously getting a lot of traction right now with uh, all the other virtual stuff going on. And it's super cool that we have technology to be able to do this. Because could you imagine years ago where we didn't have this technology, we couldn't do virtual horse shows. We would just be, you know, of course, we could head out to the barn and mess with our horses. I, of course, have been doing that myself. I am like a 12-year-old kid again going out there and just playing with my horses. But having technology to be able to still, quote-unquote, compete is really fascinating and really shows the times that we're living in and it gives us an opportunity to feel a little bit normal in this crazy time. Yeah. And well, but like you were saying, um, some people actually can't go to the barn right now. You know, right now I don't own my horse and I'm not fortunate enough like you to have your horses in your backyard. The place that I ride out, um, the barn owner has a autoimmune disorder. She, she has Lyme disease and her husband also has an autoimmune disorder. And so They've closed the barn, rightfully so, to the public because they want to make sure that they stay safe. They have grandkids. They have, you know, they want to make sure their family stays safe. And and same with, you know, they want to make sure that the people outside of the barn aren't getting anything. And, you know, they're staying home and staying safe. So it's for people like me, it's really fun to see what other people are doing with their horses. Because, yeah, like you said, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have social media to to keep in touch with all of our friends that are that are doing all these things. And I mean, another thing that we can, of course, do while we're trapped in our house, I know that on Facebook, we've posted a few things of things that you can do at the barn. But one important thing that we might have left off is that the spring issue has recently hit mailboxes. So you can open up the magazine and look at training content, look at all the different fun things. And of course, look at the awesome cover that our own Nicole shot of her best friend, actually. So, uh, yeah, just be sure to check out the spring issue if you haven't already. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, if there's one thing that the self-quarantine and these stay-at-home orders have done is it's allowed us to slow down a little bit. I have definitely caught myself picking up more magazines, reading more books, um, just doing research and learning stuff that I've been wanting to, but I just kept saying, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. So now is the perfect time to get the spring issue because we have a lot of great content you know, now's a great time to sit down and actually read it. Uh, and then we're also, you know, we're really fortunate that we have our on-demand stuff. So people who are able to go ride, like this is the perfect time to learn a new skill. And it doesn't matter if you're a trail racer, it doesn't matter if you're a trail rider, like, you know, Brad and Bud both offer such great advice for people when it comes to just basic horsemanship skills. So um, I know Michaela said that she's been sitting down and actually, you know, Michaela helps make these live videos go live every week, but she doesn't actually get to sit down and, and learn and watch and, and practice them at home because we're obviously really busy. And so now she said that she's been able to sit down and actually like watch some of the videos and apply it to her own riding. Yeah, we had the 12-day on-demand challenge last week, and it was something that I was able to do myself. I kind of hung up the printout in my barn and watched each of the videos and was able to just kind of go back to the basics with my horses. Not that I work a lot of barrels anyways, I just kind of keep my horses in shape, but it was fun to have some a goal to work towards. I think having a goal to work towards for every ride is super important. And with the challenge, we were able to. And you're still able to access the 12-day on-demand challenge in Horse and Rider On Demand by going to the challenges tab. So don't feel like just because we did this last week that you can't be a part of it. You totally can. And it's still available. And we're going to be doing more challenges. And I, of course, am going to be doing them myself because why not? Like I said, we're all stuck at home. So we have all sorts of fun ideas that we want to apply. And it seems like right now is a really great way to do all of those things. So hopefully that helps some of you guys in this really long quarantine. I know that we're just getting started. Uh, we don't know when things are going to come back to normal. We don't know when we're going to be able to go to horse show again or barrel race or, or whatever it is that you do, go trail riding. Um, so hopefully in this time of weirdness, um, we're able to help you guys have a little normal in your life. But yeah, I, I mean, outside of coronavirus, which I think is a huge current event right now, that's that seems to be the only thing that we're all talking about, rightfully so. It It, it is definitely changing our lives. But um Today, we're going to do an interview with uh, Hearts and Horses, which is a local therapeutic riding center. And before all of this craziness hit, I got to go to Hearts and Horses and sit down and talk with some of the people that run their program there. And I went to uh, Hope in the Saddle, which is one of our sister brands. I went to their Therapy Horse of the Year um, presentation. And one of the horses at Hearts and Horses named Princess Zelly, who's actually a miniature horse, she won Therapy Horse of the Year. So I got to talk with them. I think this is a really great time to have this interview go out because I think we can use some lightheartedness, you know, and, and this interview is going to make you smile because it's really cool to hear how Princess Zelly has helped change the lives of children with disabilities, adults with disabilities. They do programs for veterans who suffer from PTSD. Uh, they work with at-risk children. So this horse touches a lot of lives. And I think it's going to be a really heartwarming interview and hopefully get everybody's mind off of coronavirus.
And I think I should say one thing. When I did this interview, I was working with Hearts and Horses on a more personal level. Um, You know, I'm really fortunate that my work life is also my horse life. But I had been training for a boxing match. Michaela and I both do boxing. We're both trying to build our fitness. It all started because we just wanted to be better at riding the horses that we're riding. But it's just become something that we really love. It's a great thing for us to do as teammates. You know, it's it's a great building exercise outside of work. But I had been training for a boxing match where I had been raising money for Hearts and Horses. Part of the the boxing match was working with your local charity and raising money for them while training for this fight. Uh, But since coronavirus, that's obviously put on hold. So we will talk about the fight a little bit in this podcast. I'm hopeful that it's going to happen. But uh, I think as of right now, it was supposed to happen in May. And I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to have to uh, postpone it. So I just I want to make sure I let everybody know that this interview is done before all of this hit the fan. And going back to how you mentioned that this was a pre-recorded interview with the new format, we have decided that before each interview, we wanted to do a lightning round. And for the profiles, we are going to do a lightning round between each other with Nicole and I, so you can get to know us a little bit better. So we're going to go ahead and do a lightning round between us, even though it's an interview, just so you guys can get to know us and get the feel of the new format. Okay, so not all of these are going to be necessarily horse-related. We just thought they would be fun questions to ask. So, Michaela, the first one, favorite snack on the road? Sour gummy bears. Uh, Mine's not far off. What's your favorite? The Sour Patch Kids. Um, But for some reason, whenever I'm flying on an airplane, I like Twizzlers. So, I don't know what that says about me. Like the Twizzler pull-aparts or just like the Twizzlers that don't pull apart? Like the original Twizzlers that you just bite. Oh, interesting. See, I don't even like the regular Twizzlers that you just bite. I'm a pull-apart Twizzler person. That's like a whole other question. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops, and we've diverted. (laughs) Back to the questions. Um, All right, what song are you currently listening to? Um, so Ian Munsick, he's actually from Wyoming. I'm listening to his new song, Mountain Time. It's a pretty good little tune if you want to take a listen to it. So what are you listening to, Nicole? Well, mine is a band in Sweden called Opeth. It's a Swedish prog rock metal. uh, And the song I'm listening to, while I really like their Swedish version, I can't pronounce it. And so the English version is called heart in hand so super normal (laughs) love learning more about you nicole (laughs) um okay let's make it horse related what's your famous what's your favorite famous horse it can be dead alive currently going retired well she actually recently passed away and she is an nfr qualifying barrel horse and has since produced an nfr barrel horse And it's Mulberry Canyon Moon. She is my all-time favorite horse and truly puts the definition in mare power, in my opinion. Hit it with your favorite horse. Um, I, like, I feel like that is such a hard question. I think right now, currently, my favorite horse is probably Shining Little Nick. Um, Michaela and I got to meet him last year and I got to ride him and he is so cool and... 
Um, anybody in the cow horse industry. So I, while we have worked with all these really amazing professionals at Horse and Rider, I recently started riding cow horses. And anytime I talk to a trainer or somebody who's like heavily involved in the industry and say that I got to ride Shining Little Nick, they freak out because he is like a celebrity. All right. Next question. Um, do you have a nickname? Yeah. So funny enough, my name's Michaela and it's spelled the way you spell Michael. And a short name for Michael is Mike. So uh, all through high school, I was called Mike. And that's actually my dad's name. So it was kind of funny every once in a while where um, my friends would be over at my house and they'd say, hey, Mike, what are you doing? And my dad and I would both turn around and answer. But I haven't been called that in a few years. I tend to stick to Michaela nowadays. (laughs) What about you? So my last name is Cherico and it is spelled C-H-I-R-I-C-O and that seems to give a lot of people trouble. So Tim Kimura, who we've actually featured in the magazine, he's known as the man of trail. He comes up with like all the really big trail courses for like the world shows and the Congress and he does clinics all over the world. Um, So when I was like 12 years old, he was calling out names to do like um a practice run in the trail or something and um my there were two nicoles in my barn so they would put us they would always put it our last name too so that it wouldn't get confusing as to whose turn it was um and he couldn't pronounce my name and then they just started calling me cheerio so um like the cereal yep cherico cheerio um that a lot of people in the horse industry call me Cheerio, especially in the all-around world. Um, so it's really not, it's not uncommon for me to go to a horse show and people call me Cheerio. And it's weird now because I don't really go by that, but like people who have known me, I've, I've been showing quarter horses for a really long time. Um, so the people who have known me since I was like 11 or 12, like that's literally what they call me. Okay, next question. What's the last thing you watched on TV? Yeah, I normally don't watch TV or movies at all. I actually have watched more movies this past week than I think I did in all of 2019. But, Nicole, you actually recommended I watch this, and now I'm obsessed. So the last thing that I watched was Tiger King, and actually has a pretty funny tie, because it's based in Winniewood, Oklahoma, which is actually where the breeding facility where Mulberry Canyon Moon, my favorite horse, was located. So kind of a funny tie there. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting docuseries. If you haven't seen it, not really horse related at all, but it is really uh, entertaining. And it's kind of like if I don't see the Internet talking about coronavirus, they're talking about Tiger King. So... Yes, lots of memes go back and forth between Nicole and I now that uh, I have caught up on all the episodes of Tiger King. So, Nicole, what are you watching other than Tiger King? So, the new season of Westworld uh, just started. I think they're on season three. It is an HBO TV show. And it is about robots uh, that were originally in, like, this Western theme park um, that gain consciousness and 
are taking over the world and it's really interesting and Ed Harris is in it and it's fantastic um, and really bizarre. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> so it kind of sounds like it has a little bit of a tie with the coronavirus taking over the world. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's move on to something a little bit happier like the interview with Hearts and Horses. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Nicole with Horse and Rider. Um, normally Michaela is doing these interviews, but as of this year, we're going to start tag teaming them. And I just happen to be at Hearts and Horses in Loveland, Colorado. I'm here with the program manager of Hope in the Saddle, Lauren Feldman, who is also with the Equine Network. And she was doing um, Therapy Horse of the Year for 2019. And Heart and Horses, one of their ponies actually was one of, was the winner of Therapy Horse of the Year. So I'm here with Jan Palima and Catherine Yuma, who are both with with Hearts and Horses, and I wanted to learn a little bit more about the program, a little bit more about Princess Zelly, who is the Therapy Horse of the Year, um, and I'm also doing something on a more personal level uh, through my fitness journey, which we've talked about on the podcast. I got into boxing, which was nothing that I ever thought I would do in a million years, and um, for my first boxing match, I'm raising money for Hearts and Horses, so it, it's kind of a personal thing as well as like any way I can tie it to the magazine. I love doing these kinds of things. So welcome. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Thank Thank, you. Thank you so much for being here. It's a treat to welcome you to Hearts and Horses. To begin, um, can you guys explain a little bit more about Hearts and Horses? I mean, just on the website alone, there's a million different like things going on here. You have seniors, you have kids, at-risk kids, special needs, veterans. I think you guys cover just about everything. We do. Um, So there are several different programs here at Hearts and Horses that cover a really wide spectrum of people with special needs, um, whether it be physical, cognitive, emotional, or social needs. So we have therapy services, which is direct medical treatments for people with um, physical and cognitive impairments. Um, We have therapeutic riding, which teaches horseback riding and horsemanship skills to people that um, may not have access to that in traditional horseback riding settings. We have a seniors program for people with Alzheimer's, dementia, and other forms of memory loss, which is called Riding in the Moment. Um, We have veterans programming, which is provided to them at absolutely no cost. And our largest program is a program called Changing Leads, which is for youth at risk in our community. So we partner with different school districts and um, school groups to have them come out to the ranch for one day a week for um, our session so that they can have a specialized curriculum to learn social-emotional skills and to help give them um, just special tools in their tool, tool set to help them be really productive and happier citizens. So. so how did Hearts and Horses become? Like, what was the story? Why did this, you know, center, why, why did it become what it is? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, in 1997, Hearts and Horses was, was formed by, it was really a grassroots effort, and it started with, uh, there was a program in the area that had um, 
dissolved. The owners of the property had moved out of town and they were like the board members and such of this program. But there was a lot of volunteers and instructors in that program that wanted to see therapeutic riding continue in Loveland. So Hearts and Horses was formed. There was an article in the newspaper and about 35 people showed up at the library. Really, that's how that's how Hearts and Horses started 23 years ago now. That's so. crazy. Um, and recently, you guys just built a new facility, right? Um, when did that actually be, get built? So that came online last July. Um, we were able to use the arena portion prior to that and outside of construction hours, but having this building since July has been just a wonderful, wonderful asset for the programs and the numbers of riders that we serve in this area. How many riders are currently um, involved with programs at Hearts and Horses? I know you said that you actually have a wait list because it's your programs have become so popular. We, yeah, we do have a wait list. Right now we have about 170, which is typical in winter, um, and we'll be going up to at least 200, 210 come our March session, which is our spring session. And that's primarily a function of a lot of school groups that will come in then, plus we have this wait, our waiting list. But having the new building is actually helping us to get kids off the wait list because we, we now have the space uh, to be able to hold those classes. Let's talk a little bit about therapy horses. Uh, obviously, horse and rider, we are, this is what we do. Um, but it takes a really special horse to do what these guys are doing every day. Can you talk about some of the characteristics that you come across when you guys are either finding a horse or, you know, trying one out to see if it's going to make a good therapy horse? I would say, I mean, for me, I, I do the development and communication. So as the outside person, I don't have as much horse experience, but being within this organization, something that has opened my eyes is that it's not a one characteristic that you're looking for in the horse. There, I mean, you on our tour, you saw that we have 30 horses here that are all different shapes and sizes, colors. They're round, they're tall, they're stout, they're <laughs> short. And I, I think that helps fit into our programs because we don't have a population that fits one size, shape, or form. Um, but I do think having soundness in the horses mm-hmm. is very important. Um, and then them, I think the term is bomb proof, but I don't know if that's typically what you would unflappable with. is Un- a good, unflappable is, is probably a, is a good, better. A good, you know, horse term to use. Yeah. <laughs> but having a good yeah. temperament that, yeah. you know, they're the social workers of what we do, they they need to be social creatures because they are interacted with by so many people. So I think it's just getting them out here, getting them in a sense of our environment and just letting the horse tell us if if they're a good match. Yeah, and our and our process is that we do a 90-day trial period. Um, so whether the horse is, you know, uh, leased to us or going to be donated or however that looks we take at least three months to make sure that the horses you know they come in and we work with them very very slowly to make sure that we're introducing them to new things um, at their speed um, so that they can be successful uh, in the program and and our director of equine services is she's you know she takes it slow with them and they really tell her you know, how how to progress in the various training, you know, when to introduce different things like the mounting ramp and, you know, long lining and just different things that we do out here. And, and she has a good sense for if they're going to, you know, be a good fit, if they're going to like the job, which is, you know, the most important part that the horse is 
uh, really like this because if they don't like it, then, you know, that's not going to help anybody. Um, so that trial period is, is very important. And then sometimes we have horses for a year or two years and then they tell us, you know, they're done they, or they need a break. And so, um, and then we have some horses that are, you know, have been here since, you know, like Varsity or Gypsy Vanner, he's been here since he was two and he's eight now. And he's just, you know, he works in every single program, 10 lessons a week, and it just seems to really be, you know, thriving. So just kind of, you know, listening and watching them and making sure that they're healthy and happy is, is the most important part. Well, speaking of social workers of the equine world, we have one very special social worker mm-hmm. who won Therapy Horse of the Year for 2019. That's a Hope in the Saddle program that is sponsored by Tractor Supply and Neutrina. And um, on top of some really cool like gifts from Tractor Supply and Neutrina, we got a cool trophy, some plaques, uh, her one of the people that she works with, Matthew, was able to come to our little photography, little photo session. Can you talk a little bit about Princess Zelly and her relationship with Matthew? That seems extremely special. Yeah. You want to go sure. Because um, spent a lot of time with them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I always jump at a chance to be witness to the relationship that Matthew and Zelly have because it it's not a traditional therapeutic riding session that they have because Matthew is unable to ride, but it's pretty undeniable the connection that these two have. You know, Donna Zelly's handler, um, she always tells a story about how when Zelly and Matthew's session is over, she always comes to the front door to wait for Matthew to walk to his car. And Zelly just waits patiently at the front door. And if anybody comes out, that's not Matthew. She's looking around every all of the people coming through the door looking for Matthew. And it's, I mean, the horses tell you that she has a special relationship with this young man. And um, it's pretty indescribable. You have to kind of see it to believe it. And I think you guys were witness to that today. And it's not just Matthew. Um, Zelly has other relationships with a lot of her riders. There's a, she's just a very special equine and she's just so trusting, I think, and open to the relationships. And she, she wants the, I think she enjoys her work and it's pretty, pretty apparent with the, I was showing you guys some photos just from this week. There's two other instances where she just likes to explore with with her riders. There's a rider that I was showing you a photo that he had turned the mounting block on its side and he was digging in it and, and Zelly wanted to be right there with him just exploring it. And I think just having that connection, the human connection of having a friend and Zelly is the perfect example of being an equine friend for um, a lot of our, our riders out here. So, Who's the one that decided to enter Princess Zelly in this contest? Um, it was me, um, and, uh, and a few months prior, Donna may have suggested, you know, Mm -hmm. that Zelly would be a good candidate for the next, you know, award. And so when I saw this come through social media, I guess it was at the end of the year, I was like, okay, Donna, are you ready? And so she, she really helped and put the, um, put the, you know, the, the package together to submit the submit for the award so but we were completely blown away that you know because every horse that does this work is so special so I'm sure it was a really really tough fun but tough uh 
process to go through to, to pick some winners. So Yeah, I had the chance to walk around and get a tour of the facility, and I think every single horse, donkey, mule on the property mm-hmm. could have probably been Therapy Horse of the Year. Like, it's, it's an you. outstanding group of horses that you guys have. But Princess Zelly is, I think I mentioned this earlier, but she's actually a pony. So she, Matthew is an older person, but he, he does a lot of leading, but she also has younger people that ride her, correct? She like, does. So she, yeah. she does everything. We saw her doing some like ground driving today. And I mean, she does it all. Yeah. She's she primarily does. pretty popular in therapy services. So our occupational and physical therapists will use her with their clients, um, their littler ch- children because she is a pony. Um, she doesn't act like a pony. She's, she's, uh, she's, and she doesn't have like a, I mean, she kind of has a big personality, but you kind of have to, you know, wait for it and watch and Mm kind of see what's going on there. But, um, she's just the kindest, kindest, you know, horse and that's unique for a pony. Can I say that? (laughs) I think we can all agree that ponies have very special attitudes normally. Um, But I can confirm I saw Princess Zelly out in the uh, outside walking with Matthew. And I think at one point she actually fell asleep in his lap. So that that kind of describes her her personality and how kind she is. But um, you mentioned the different therapies here. You guys have hippotherapy and Mm -hmm. then um, equine therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar as much with the difference. Can you kind of explain to people who are new to therapy, horse therapy, what the differences actually are? Yeah. So hippotherapy is basically a term that comes from the Greek words for horse, the Greek word for horse, which means hippos. So it's therapy using a horse. Um, and that's a, a, a medical treatment modality where occupational, physical, and speech therapists work with clients to work on, you know, individualized goals um, for those clients using the movement of the horse. And therapeutic riding is also using the movement of the horse, but more in a, in a way to develop riding skills. Um, and I, I'll probably go into a little bit about that movement of the horse because that's what's so special in those two programs. It's that three-dimensional movement um, movement of the horse that is uh, mimics the human walking gait. So input happens um, to the riders on the horse's back uh, that you know encourages all kinds of you know nervous system and muscular system type. Um, sensations that happen that uh, mimic a, a you know somebody walking through space and time, and so that's what's so powerful about you know hippotherapy, and then also for therapeutic riding as well. That's awesome. Um, and can you kind of talk about from the volunteer aspect what kind of duties your volunteers do when they come here? I think you said earlier was it there's about fifty or so volunteers, fifty to sixty a day. Wow, yeah. a day too, not even yeah. just like throughout the week, like fifty to sixty a day. A day. Yeah, it's about two hundred and fifty volunteers a week. Actually, I think that's maybe a little more than that at this point. Um, and I mean, we have a volunteer opportunity for everybody at Hearts and Horses. It just depends on what speaks to you and what you're interested in. But we have a um, barn team that comes out every morning that helps with the horse kind of daily chores and care. Um, we have, 
you know, class support. So people that come in and help either in therapeutic riding or really in any of our classes, um, help with horse handling um, or sidewalking if the rider needs a little bit more support during class. Um, we have administrative volunteers that help at our front desk, that help answer phones, do any kind of filing, things like that. We have event volunteers that are amazing, um, and we also have facilities volunteers that come when the weather's nicer um, <laughs> with landscaping and just the little projects that happen around the facilities because um, it's an ongoing um project especially yeah. as we expand there's always something fact, um hoping the saddle was out here as a group volunteering yeah, right that's last right. year yeah, yeah the think, equine network yeah, came yeah, out. yeah. Network came i think out. you yeah. guys helped yeah. us um with the the trail expansion just helping us with the magnets pulling any debris um from the ground so i mean there's just there's volunteer opportunities for everybody i, I don't know if i missed any there but it really if anybody is interested in getting involved at hearts and horses we have a place for you and, and we would welcome you. <laughs> and that was going to be my next question to kind of tie up everything is how can people get in touch with you if they want to volunteer or just learn more about you guys? What is the best way to get in touch? Um, our website is probably the best resource. It's www.heartsandhorses.org. Um, we have resources there for volunteering. We have information about our herd. We have information about all of our programs on our website. Or our Facebook is a really great resource is Hearts and Horses Loveland. Um, so keep an eye on that. We always update and sh- like to share exciting things like um, Zelly's presentation today for the Hope in the Saddles Therapy Horse of the Year. So um, we try to keep those channels open. And um, But, yeah, I think our website's probably best. Mm-hmm. Or just calling us. Yeah, give us a call. The other thing is um, if you're not really sure maybe – as a volunteer, what would speak to you? The first step is to come to an orientation, which is about an hour in length. And that's really a time where you can find out all of the different volunteer opportunities and then, you know, kind of figure out from there what you might want to do. And then there's additional training past that. So Great. Um, And like I mentioned earlier, I'm doing something completely not work-related that involves these guys. Mm -hmm. I'm raising money for them. I'm going to be blogging about my experience, whether it's my 4.30 in the morning workouts or maybe my experience with Princess Zelly today and seeing how she interacted with Matthew. I just really want to get myself involved in the therapy world a little more and maybe introduce you guys to some stuff that you didn't realize was going on in our equine industry. So be sure to visit horseandrider.com if you would like to follow my journey. Um, and there's also a place to donate if you guys would like to. Thanks so much for joining me, everybody. And thank you so much for the tour. Uh, we had so much fun today. It is absolutely spectacular what you guys are doing here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank we're you. really grateful that you were able to come up today. And thank you for raising money for Hearts and Horses. Absolutely. <laughs> Beyond. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my pun- my face punched. It's for oh, a good gosh. cause. Oh, <laughs> beautiful face. Not a beautiful face. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Now that we have wrapped up our interview with Hearts and Horses, we are going to move on to our next segment that we like to call Time to Saddle Up. So, Nicole, why don't you explain to our listeners what Time to Saddle Up is? So, Time to Saddle Up is going to just be a segment for Michaela and I to just talk about some of our favorite things going on right now. Um, It can be a favorite product. It can be a new training technique that you're using. It could be something really cool happening in the horse industry. Um, 
it, it's just whatever it, you're you're interested in the week that we are talking so that we can just you know talk about some of our favorite things and and hopefully maybe pass along some ideas to the listeners so what's uh what's your favorite what, what's your time to saddle up for this week my time to saddle up is a saddle pad and my favorite saddle pad is five star saddle pads and i chose this item because it's something that i use every single day there aren't a lot of items that i use every single day i switch back and forth between head stalls bits saddles boots all kinds of things but my five star saddle pad is the thing that always stays the same. It might not always be the same saddle pad, but it's the same saddle pad brand. And I love my five-star saddle pads. So that's what I wanted to share for my time to saddle up because it's just one of those things that I'm pretty sure I will live and die by. Um, it's my favorite. Nice. Uh, I think mine this week is the creativity that's going on with the coronavirus is insane. I saw a picture of someone that was taking their uh, husband's old shirts and turning them into tail bags. And so I think that's my saddle up. My time to saddle up for this week is the creativity that people are putting into these quarantines and some of the really cool barn accessories that are coming out of it. Um, maybe we'll share the picture that we saw or um, talk to the person that's doing these to see if they can inspire some ideas while everybody's stuck at home. But that's mine. Yeah, and Nicole, I expect you to make a tail bag. I know you said you don't own horses right now, but my horses could use a tail bag. And since that was your time to saddle up, I would really like to have one of my own if you would make that for me. I'll, I'll see if I have any extra shirts laying around. Thank you guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Horse and Rider Magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com. If you guys have any questions or comments, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrideraimmedia.com. We want to hear from you. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. How many stars, Michaela? Five stars, please.